Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and in this episode, we're diving into the topic of, am I tired or is this trauma? The roots of fatigue. To help answer this question on the roots of fatigue, I will be sharing sections from an interview I did with Dr. Evan Hirsch. He is a good friend and colleague physician of mine who has had a remarkable journey himself recovering from chronic fatigue. Now, there are two reasons I felt I had to, I needed to share this interview with you in these sections. First of all, fatigue is part of the trauma response, so that a person who struggles with chronic fatigue is also in a chronic functional freeze response. They go together. Second reason is he has organized categories of the causes of fatigue that are so helpful for someone trying to figure this out for themselves or for their patients or clients. A chronic freeze response and chronic fatigue is never just from one cause. Any conversation around a chronic functional freeze and trauma response, and we need to have a conversation around, well, what is keeping the body stuck in fatigue? This is why you can't just go to therapy for trauma, but have to also look at and address the biology of trauma that will keep a person stuck because it keeps the body stuck. Ah, you can tell I get excited about this, but I'm already getting ahead of myself. So let's jump into this episode. There are two sections of this episode. The first, the connection between trauma and fatigue and some additional teaching I've added to this episode on how trauma is an energy problem. The second section is going into the categories and the root causes of fatigue. Whether you have experienced feeling tired, have had trauma, or are helping your patients and clients with trauma or fatigue, this is knowledge that you need to know for that clear path forward. Let's get started. Let's dive into section one on the connection between trauma and fatigue, and then how trauma is an energy problem. Let's talk a little bit about this connection between the fatigue and the freeze response. Because uh, I think that most people who struggle with fatigue don't recognize it as part of that freeze response in the survival system. And so recognizing that I think will just help them um, be able to understand and not be as frustrated with their body when it's not responding and being able to perform at the level that they want to be and certainly know that they can be like the hamster on a wheel, right? And, and people tend to go back and forth between running on that wheel as fast as they can, uh, always feeling behind, always feeling anxious, and then they collapse, <laughs> exhausted, until they have enough energy that they get right back on the wheel. <laughs> and they just go back and forth between the sympathetic response and the freeze response. And they're always feeling tired because of that. And, and so that's like the, from my perspective, the, the reason for the adrenal fatigue, the reason for these other imbalances being developed in the body and the biology because of that nervous system being stuck in between high energy state and low energy state and never going into that sweet middle zone of, Hey, 
let's, we can be calm. We can allow our body to do the healing and the restoration and the, the reparative, you know, work that it needs to do when, when we are in a good place and we feel safe and secure. And so having this fatigue is, is that sign of, Hey, like we're either stuck in sympathetic or we've reached the point where we're going into overwhelm. And so for me, that's been an important word to start using for people. And I'd be curious to see if, if, if you, if that word comes up a lot for you with your patients, with just that feeling of overwhelm, and this is what the biology looks like when it is in overwhelm, it looks like, and feels like fatigue. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It is very common for people to talk about their, their fatigue and their overwhelm. And a lot of this is because there's kind of a a Goldilocks dose of all of these different things in the body, whether it's adrenals or thyroid and whether it's, you know, if it's too high or it's too low, you're going to get symptoms. And when you have chronic stress on the human organism that has ended ending up and damaging the mitochondria and the mitochondria does more than just produce energy. It also helps these hormones get into the cells, Mm -hmm. you know, or they're compromising the adrenal glands. So it's not able to produce cortisol. So if it's not able to produce cortisol to manage stress, then what it's going to do is it's going to dip into the adrenal medulla, which is like the central part. And it's going to pull out neuro, uh, norepinephrine and epinephrine, which is basically adrenaline. Yep. So then you're relying on adrenaline, which yep. always has a component of anxiety with it in yep. order to get your stuff done. So like when you're yep. pushing through and you're experiencing that anxiety, it's because you don't have that normal get up and go with cortisol that you need because of these chronic stressors. Mm-hmm. And so I I absolutely agree, you know, that you're kind of fluctuating between this sympathetically stimulated where, you know, adrenaline driven, (laughs) exactly adrenaline driven. And then that, and then that collapse, that freeze response where, you know, and then you recover and then the body's like, okay, you can go again. And then you go, and this is one of the big reasons why there's a lot of people who are advocating a pacing treatment which is very interesting to me because I, I, when I first heard about it, I was already practicing fatigue, treating fatigue and I was like, gosh, that's so interesting. Isn't that just common sense? Right. <laughs> like pacing yeah. means, you know, don't expel all of, you know, if you've got a, a bowl with a bunch of energy balls in it, you're not going to just dump out all those balls on one thing and then you're cashed for the rest of the day. But oftentimes right. we need reminding you know, mm-hmm. that we really have this energy budget and we can only yep. use a little bit at a time. Otherwise you're going to be wasted and you're not going to be able to cook dinner or play with the kids later on. If you expel all of your energy budget during the day. We have an energy budget and how true this is when our body has stored trauma. Have you felt that? You have to pace yourself. And if you don't, you find yourself relying on stress and adrenaline to get your stuff done. Eventually, if we continue with that strategy for getting through relying on stress, what will happen is that our bodies will crash and say, I can't give you any more. That is one of the triggers for the trauma response. If you have heard me speak on the difference between stress and trauma, you will have heard me talk about these two triggers. Yes, one is too much too fast, but in this case, too little for too long. We've been pushing our body on too little. It's like we are now running on fumes. Too little, and the tank runs out. Too little for just too long. That is the trigger for a chronic functional freeze 
or trauma response. Which leads me to a point I need you to understand about energy, fatigue, and trauma before we move on to section two on the actual categories and root causes of fatigue we need to look at. When we look at what trauma is in the body on a biology level, we see that trauma is an energy problem. When the body has all of the energy, the resources and support that it needs, guess what? It does not get stuck in trauma. It actually does not even go into a trauma response. It experiences stress, but not trauma. It may go through the trauma response, but it's able to complete that trauma response without having the effects linger and affect our biology, our health, our life, our psychology, our relationships, and everything else that we are all too familiar with. If the body has gotten stuck, if the body has been stuck, if the body has stored trauma, then we need to look at the energy in the system because that is an energy problem. We need to bring energy into the system. If a person is in overwhelm and living in this chronic functional free state, in and out of that overwhelm, that sense of collapse, that low energy state, we need to bring the energy back into the system first. And that's what allows us to even do work because without energy, my budget is on zero. Sometimes it's even in the red. (laughs) I have no energy for the work. Fatigue and the freeze response are so closely connected because they are both representing a level of overwhelm for the body that shuts it down. Overwhelm on a cellular level, on an emotional level. It's overwhelm on all levels of the body. So that the freeze response creates a sense of fatigue. It creates a cellular response of shutting down. And our biology can then be creating the symptoms of fatigue which also puts our body into a freeze response so that they go together. Trauma is an energy problem. And when the body does not have enough energy, it will go into a trauma response and it may get stuck there. Now let's look at a few of the biology factors that can be at the root of fatigue, because if we have some of these, it will promote that fatigue and thus promote the body getting stuck in a trauma response. Let's walk through some of the different reasons for fatigue that you have noticed. Maybe start with some of the more common ones and and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. So the first thing that's important to remember is I talked about these 33 different causes of fatigue and sometimes that can overwhelm people. So don't get overwhelmed by it. We're actually going to talk about as like 10 categories of fatigue, which is going to be a little bit easier to stomach. And what's important to remember about that is that everybody who has fatigue has something from almost every single category. So it's never just one thing. It's always this combination. And then the other thing that's important to remember is that everybody has different causes, a different combination of causes. So the causes that Dr. Amy had is the different than the causes that I had. And you have to figure out which causes you have so that you can actually resolve it. Otherwise, you're kind of wasting time and money on global treatments that you hope will work, but they're not really specific enough. So let's take a look at these causes, these 10 causes that we find where half of them really are are deficiencies. So things that aren't in the body that are supposed to be, and half of them are toxicities. So basically things that are in the body that aren't supposed to be. Now, what's important, if you remember what I said previously, these toxicities are actually the causes 
of these deficiencies. So while you're taking your adrenal support and your vitamins and your nutrients and all this sort of stuff, it's important to remember that that is not the why, like Dr. Amy was saying about adrenal fatigue. It's important to replace those things. And we'll talk about why as we get into this conversation, but it's really important to remember that it's all about the toxicities. And these are toxicities of mind, body, spirit, you know, physical, mental, emotional, that we're going to be talking about as we go through this. So let's start off with those deficiencies. So initially we're talking about deficiencies in hormones. So deficiencies in the adrenal glands production of certain hormones, certain stress hormones. Adrenal gland is meant to uh, manage the stress in our bodies, whether it's mental, emotional, or physical, like I previously mentioned, and that it has a direct relationship and a beautiful dance that exists between the thyroid and the sex hormones. So if one is not playing nice with the others, or it's not pulling its own weight, it steps out of the dance, it leaves the other two holding the bag, and then you have some hormonal dysfunctions. There are vitamin and mineral deficiencies that can happen. Some might be genetic and some might be from these toxicities that we talked about. There can be neurotransmitter deficiencies like not enough serotonin or not enough dopamine, which can come from these toxicities, the heavy metals, chemicals, molds, infections that we'll get into in a moment. Lifestyle habits. So not enough sleep, not enough water, not enough good food, not enough movement. Okay, so those are kind of the things that you can do right now at home that we can definitely go into more specifics. But oftentimes, you know, the people that I see usually have seen a naturopath or their conventional doc, and they've kind of worked on these things. They're doing their best to sleep seven to nine hours a night. They're getting three, two to three liters of water a day. They've cut out gluten and dairy and, you know, and they, they're still tired and they can't move as much as they would like, but maybe they've added a little bit more movement and they're still tired right? And I consider that if you fix the lifestyle habits, then I consider that a level one problem. If you, if you fix the lifestyle habits and you, it resolves your fatigue, that's a level one problem. If you, if you then, if they still have fatigue and then you fix the deficiencies and that gets rid of their fatigue, that's a level two problem. And if it requires going after the toxicities and that's a level three problem. So just kind of putting in that in perspective. The last thing in the deficiencies is mitochondrial dysfunction. So mitochondria is in every cell in the body, except for red blood cells and produces 70, 80% of the energy in the body. And this is one of those things that goes quiescent, that goes quiet with what Dr. Amy was talking about with the freeze response, or what has also been described as the cell danger response, where when the body experiences that there is danger, it's better to shut everything down. Yep. Right. So that's the deficiencies. And then the toxicities are things like heavy metals, which can include mercury. There's like 100,000 pounds of mercury that are dumped into our oceans every year that we absorb. There's 70% of all lipsticks have lead in them. Um, chemicals, there's 84,000 different chemicals that we're exposed to on a regular basis. And in one study, women were exposed to 581, I think, different chemicals before they left the home in the morning. Um, you know, 200 and 70 some odd chemicals are found in, in cord blood of babies when they're born. So just a lot of chemical exposure that can really damage our DNA and cause inflammation. Well, and, and just that like take, takes energy to clear up, right? Even, even if for some people, their systems are really good at cleaning that up. And for many, they've got genetic um, uh, vari variations in their detox system or other mechanisms of cleaning that stuff out that still takes energy up 
Right. And, and so just those exposures are energy used up for something that they would probably rather use that energy for something else in their day. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, most of us don't realize where we're getting these exposures. You know, there's a lot in right. cosmetics. There's a lot in plastics. Any non-organic food that you're consuming, you're getting pesticides and herbicides and insecticides. But yeah, absolutely agree. And just, and I'm, you know, I can be a little bit loquacious for just interrupt me as I go. So we talked about heavy metals, it, the toxicities, heavy metals, chemicals. The next one is molds. So unfortunately about half of all the buildings in first world countries have water damage. And most of those have molds. And it's really alarming how many people don't believe they've been exposed to molds. So I'll, you know, I'll say, was there ever any place you've ever lived? Was there ever a leak in the roof? Was there ever a flood in the basement? Was there ever a busted pipe? And people will inevitably say no. And then they'll come back a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later and say, you know, every winter in Indiana, it <laughs> flooded that basement and it always smelled kind of musty, you know, or there was this place that I lived. I mean, I lived in a place in medical school where the cats peed on the cardboard boxes in the basement and cardboard boxes are awful for collecting mold. All they need to do is get a little bit wet and they're like, they're, they're making mold like nobody's business. So heavy metals, chemicals, molds, and then a really big one is infections. And well, let's you know, go back to mold just for a second, sure. because um, I was getting exposed to mold in food and not knowing it. Mm. I've had my, my exposures in buildings as well, but uh, I was actually being exposed during with food as well. And macadamia nuts, uh, some of the peanuts, those were some of the, the, the ways in which unknowingly I was kind of, uh, being exposed to, to different stuff. And it's just how they process the foods, right? Even in coffee, you can have some molds in coffee just based on how they're processing the beans. Right. So just being aware of the different, uh, ways in which mold can just come into your life, <laughs> uh, can be really helpful if you are struggling with fatigue and need to be identifying all the, all the ways in which your energy is being leaked out somewhere else. Yeah. You named some really important ones there. So coffee and uh, corn, wheat, corn. Mm -hmm. peanuts, huge. It's a huge problem. So you definitely have to pay attention to that. And that's why you'll see on some manufacturers, they'll say, you know, organic mold-free coffee, sure. which is important if you're going to be drinking coffee. Organic mold-free coffee is so important. Please, please, if you drink coffee, find organic mold-free coffee. I would like to take a pause here and do a brief overview, and I want to tell you a story. This next root cause Dr. Evan is going to share is a more common one than you might think. Many have had it who have come through my 21-day journey and biology of trauma courses, and the courses have actually helped them tolerate the treatment protocols better. Now, the next root cause of fatigue that Dr. Evan is going to share has been getting more attention lately, which is awesome. You may have heard of it. And before we get into that one, let's do a brief overview. If you do not have a strong cell biology background, all of this talk of mitochondria, adrenals, neurotransmitters, and mold can be a lot to take in. 10 categories and 33 different causes of fatigue. I told you that he has organized these causes in such a way that is helpful because if we don't know the causes, how do we know where to start? He referenced the causes for my fatigue. And yes, chronic fatigue is something I experienced when my body gave in and gave up after having too little for too long. It was what made me figure this out and came to the conclusion that it was both trauma and biology and that addressing both 
would help me get my life back. And I just had to then figure out the right order of how to address the trauma and how to address the biology, which is what I teach now, starting with the essential sequence for being the order of things in the 21 day journey. Let me tell you about Yolanda. Yolanda is one who struggled with fatigue. She had never connected fatigue with trauma until she attended a masterclass I taught on how to recognize stored trauma in the body. She knew she was stressed. She knew that she had been stressed for a really long time. Her work was stressful. She had a hard time winding down at night and found herself thinking about work more than what she wanted to admit. It made her not be present for her daughters and she would be with them, but her mind would still be somewhere else. She felt like she was losing her relationships with them, but didn't feel like she had the energy to change it. So she would let them sit and laugh and talk together, be on their phones and even on social media. This added to her guilt and that seemed to make her feel more tired as well. She didn't know how to break out of the cycle and would wake up in the mornings, lay in bed for a moment thinking, I'm not ready for another day. She was tired of pushing herself through everything and it had made her feel alone, very alone. Surrounded by people at work and her daughters at home, she still felt alone and unsupported. It was with this context that she attended the masterclass with me one evening. And when I taught the difference between stress and trauma, the energy difference between the two, she realized in a moment that what she had thought was stress was really trauma. She was living in a chronic trauma state, overwhelmed and exhausted and using stress, adrenaline and caffeine to get her through each day. She knew that she needed the 21 day journey and since has taken many of the biology of trauma modules as well to help her body unpack all of the stored trauma and how it had already been affecting her health, her mental health and her physical health. She loved learning. She became so excited about learning and finally understanding her body. It allowed her and her body to get on the same side and be aligned actually be a partner together in this journey toward health and wholeness. Finally, understanding what the fatigue meant and what was behind it and having tools for it first with the 21 day journey and then the biology of trauma courses. This is what she told me. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for this knowledge. I'm so grateful for these tools, the lens of the nervous system and biology and this systems approach to addressing the stored trauma is so pivotal to everything. And she was one that experienced the 30% decrease in fatigue during the 21 day journey. Understanding energy, fatigue, and trauma through this lens of trauma is pivotal to everything and changes everything. What once was overwhelming and confusing can become a clear path forward. It can be a bit intimidating to learn all of these different areas, all of these different root causes of fatigue that we need to consider. And yet each of these areas we are covering are actually an opportunity, another root cause that could help clear up the fatigue and help our body come out of the chronic functional freeze and trauma response. We're going to continue with this second section of the episode, listing off different areas of the biology to dive into for what's driving the root causes of fatigue and keeping our bodies stuck in a trauma response. And I would want each of these additional root causes to give you hope that there are more tools than what you knew. There is always hope. 
If we can start working with the body, addressing some of these root causes as we work with the trauma response through somatic and parts work, we can begin seeing progress you probably never thought was possible. I call it magic. Magic happens when we integrate these three pieces for a symptom like chronic fatigue that is closely connected with the trauma response. Now, as I promised, this next root cause that Dr. Evan is going to share is a more common one than you might think, and you may have heard of it already, which is awesome that it is getting more attention lately. Let's jump in. So then going into infections, you know, the CDC came out a couple years ago and said, actually, it's not 30,000 new cases of Lyme per year. It's actually 300,000. And this is just, this is not even, what's that? Slight difference. Slight difference. <laughs> At least they said something. And this doesn't True. even include some of the co-infections that we see like Bartonella right. or Babesia or Epstein-Barr yeah. or whatever, Anaplasma. So that's really an important part. And that was a huge problem that I've had. And I see time and time again is that pretty much all the people that I see who have fatigue, they all have an infection. Yes. The question is, what kind is it? You know, is it a right. stealth infection, like I mentioned, in the blood or... Or is it, you know, just in the gut? Are we talking about parasites, bacteria, yep. yeast? Huge problem. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that when you have heavy metals, chemicals, and molds, they're all going to hijack and, and traumas and negative emotional patterns. They're going to hijack the immune system off into left field. And right. then these bugs can become more opportunistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nearly everyone that I have worked with for the trauma piece and helping them accelerate their journey through trauma healing. They each have had a struggle with the freeze response, right? But as part of that, they've always had a history of a significant viral infection or Lyme infection or mold exposure that was significant enough that it caused symptoms at that time. Mm -hmm. They think that it's all cleared up. They think that they should be over that. And yet they, they continue to have symptoms obviously not as severe, but symptoms that make them feel the same way that they felt when they were having that infection. So the the viruses have been a huge role in affecting the nervous system, the mitochondria, and these issues that then keep people uh, with their cells, with their biology stuck in that cell danger response in the survival mode. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I've seen the same and it's, you know, whether it's vagal nerve toxicity or you know, upsetting, it doesn't allow them to get into parasympathetic or whether it's the stress on the body that's, you know, not allowing the adrenals and the cortisol to manage what it needs to manage or the mitochondria to do what it needs to do. It is, it is that biologic response that's making things worse for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's heavy metals, chemicals, molds, infections, and then allergies. And allergies are also a cause of these other toxins, you know, where you, if you see your body is like this barrel and you've been uh, accumulating toxins along the way, eventually it spills over and you get symptoms. And one of those symptoms is allergies. The immune system becomes hyperactive to things that it once saw as normal and friend. It now no longer sees it at, sees it that way. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where we get allergies to foods, allergies to inhalants like grasses, weeds, molds, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we have negative emotional patterns. So traumas, Obviously, there's, you've got other people talking about ACEs, adverse childhood events, or I think it should be called like adverse life events, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all those things that are going to uh, affect our, our, our 
mental and emotional wellness that are going to increase the stress on the body that is going to play into all of these other things. And then electromagnetic fields, all of the invisible rays that we're being exposed to on a regular basis, anything that has a battery, anything that's emitting Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or any, anything else you can't pronounce. Um, that is going to negatively affect the human organism and damage the DNA and cause inflammation. And that's that combination that is unique to somebody that, yep. you know, it's like nails in the bottom of a foot that you need to just kind of pull out as you go. Yep. And I love how you talk about how it really is unique to each person and the factors and variables that are causing their fatigue are unique and they need to find out what it is for them because it's based on their genetics it's based on their previous life exposures and environments. And it's it's based on their level of stress that they're currently having in their life. So there's so many factors that go into each person's individual experience with their fatigue. Absolutely. Yeah, that's such an important part of this because, you know, somebody over here might say, you know, um, I got a B12 shot and I feel great. And then somebody over here is like, well, I'm going to get a B12 shot and they get a B12 <laughs> shot. They don't notice a difference. And they just didn't have that cause. Right. And they're scratching right. their head and, right. and wondering, and that's why when we get into my four step process, you know, the first step is figuring out what causes you have. Otherwise you're just wasting time and money. This brings a wrap to this episode on fatigue and the trauma response with Dr. Evan Hirsch. There are so many root causes of fatigue, 10 categories and 33 root causes. And the good news is that there are so many leverage points we can tap into, so many opportunities for us to explore, so many root causes we likely haven't looked into. And we can help your body by discovering if any of these root causes are still holding the body back in that fatigue and trauma response. If you are a professional, Check out the certificate training program on the biology of trauma. This is where you can have more tools for a holistic approach to addressing stored trauma in the body and the biology that keeps a person stuck in trauma. The training program starts with the 21 day journey, teaching you in an experiential way, the essential sequence for working with a chronic trauma response. If you are here to help yourself, you are just looking to start with one step, just your next best step. Don't take on the mountain. You just take the next best step. If you haven't taken the 21 day journey yet, that would be your first step to gain the understanding of your trauma response and learn how to shift the states of your autonomic nervous system through the 21 day journey. If you have done that course, your next steps are to go through the next biology of trauma course. Our body can only heal in a state of calm aliveness and we can learn how to get it there. Regulation is the goal. Regulation is what will allow the body to have what it needs to heal. And every person can learn how to do that for themselves. On the website for this episode, you will find additional resources on this topic, the transcript for this episode, and helpful links for you to learn more. You can also leave comments and questions for this episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode on the Biology of Drama podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey. And you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then... 
This is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love.